On this episode of the Cheat Coders Podcast, we are joined by actress, model, and entrepreneur, April Love, as we discuss her journey in entertainment, her transition from being a lawyer to getting into PR, and we dig into the story of how Sequatics began. We also talk about Santa being real, giving handguns as Christmas presents, and deep fried food. This episode is also brought to you by Sequatics. Sequatics delivers stylish and compact waterproof gear that is 100% water, sand, dust, and snow resistant. Their products are perfect for water sports, fishing, outdoor activities, music festivals, running, traveling, and so much more. Go to seaquatics.com, C-E-A-Q-U-A-T-I-X.com. Use the discount code CheatCoders for 20% off all purchases. Now let's start the show. Now listen to the Cheat Cutters Podcast with Nats, Raff and Don. Yo, 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 this is another episode of the Cheat Coders. My name is Raf, and this is episode 60, and I am here with my usual suspects of Don doing stuff. What's doing? And Nathan Blazing in London. What's, what, what, what's blazing? And today <laughs> is um, one of those special episodes that we like to call very special, very marvelous, very splendid. Because we have a guest who has more experience in this than I do. She is a presenter, a model, and also a founder of Sequatics. And she goes by the name of April Love. So give her a round of applause. Thanks for having me, guys. Was that the the soundboard? There you go. Can you hear my clap? Can you hear my clap? Yeah. Yeah. So please um, introduce everyone, introduce yourself to everyone in case they don't know your background and everything. Yep, so I'm um, a jack of all trades and yep. a master of none. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I started modeling when I was uh, 14. Um, it was from one of those Westfield uh, find a model sponsored by Supre style things. Um, I was friends with the girl at Supre and she was kind of like, hey, we're having this thing, you should join. Um, some person from Home and Away was, you know, judging at the time. Um, I went on there thinking, yeah, this would be a bit of fun. I was pretty short, as you all know, like, you know, I've had a modeling career with a height of five foot one. Um, I got on there just having fun and all of a sudden found out that I made it to like the top three. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then from there, yeah, I started modeling from, uh, for Supre for a little bit. And that's kind of where it took off. Sweet. We'll get back to your modeling and uh, all the ventures you're doing. Yeah. But first, we'd like to do a tradition at the Cheat Coders. Yeah. And that is to get into the odd and weird and informative news that we'd like to tell our audience. Okay. Yeah. And I think because it's the Christmas season, mm-hmm. season um, the the news articles that we have are all Christmas themed. Okay, cool. Yes, yeah. I love Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to cool. speak to Nats because um, this is going to be your first Christmas where you're not going to have cold. family there. Your oh, yeah, usual friends are not going to be there. It's going to be the hottest, yeah, yeah. the coldest Christmas that you ever had. Um, what's your experience so far? Uh, it, yeah, it's cold. Um, one thing <laughs> it makes sense wearing Christmas jumpers in um, just every in day kind yeah. of thing. Whereas I back in Sydney, I'd wear it and just be boiling hot. So yeah. it's kind of weird to do that. But like, that's no, really good. Good vibe. I heard, that the, I heard that the lead up to Christmas in London is really good. But Christmas itself it, yeah. in London isn't great. So it's you'll have dead. to report back. Yeah. 
So yeah. everyone usually Dead. leaves or goes traveling somewhere. I kind of was like stubborn about it and I was like, this is my first year here. So I want to, if it's shit, I want to see how shit it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, another dude like had a good point during between Christmas and New Year's because it's a ghost town. It's probably a good opportunity to just get on the bike and just dr- go to all the, the landmarks because it's a ghost town anyway and I can get a photo because it'll be like beat the crowd. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I might just that's a, yeah, that's a good tip. <laughs> good idea. Anyway, all right. Exactly. Speaking of a good tip, we're going to go back to the news. <laughs> that was a bad segue. <laughs> but you know it is. So Stop the first questions and just go in. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, never ask Nats a question before the news ever again. So the first article is New Jersey substitute breaks it to the first graders that Santa isn't real. So Fox News reports a substitute teacher filling in at the New Jersey classroom reportedly informed a group of first graders on Thursday that they what they thought and knew uh. about Santa Claus wasn't true and Saint Nick isn't real. What the holiday great. disclosure prompted the school's principal to notify parents via a letter about what happened. So what's your thoughts on telling young kids that Santa is not real? What do you, what do you think of this, April? That's cold, man. Yeah, it's, cr- it's Christmas. That's cold. That's, <laughs> no, it's that's cold outside. Oh, man. <laughs> but has he broken any laws? No, nah, there's no laws that have been broken. All it is exactly. is just telling child- kids and crushing your dreams. Could that be child abuse? Child abuse. <laughs> child abuse? <laughs> I'm there just thinking like, okay, yeah, he's done something bad, but no one can stop him. Because <laughs> like, I, I want to see what the teacher's the mindset grain. was. Was the teacher's the mindset was like hated Christmas or it's like hate kids or hate happiness? What, the guy, the guy that said it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's just a real stoic dude, just like a real like, uh, just is what it is. Got to teach these kids sooner or later that dreams don't come true. And what a perfect time! It's Christmas. Where everyone's happy, <laughs> let's crush some dreams. His friendly mindset is like, I'm doing these kids a favor, bring them down to the real world. You know what I mean? I think, I think it's good that she was it she or he. Yeah, what's the? Uh, I really don't know the the because the substitute teacher was never disclosed, like okay. the name yeah. or the gender, <coughs> never disclosed. Um, the principal just apologized to everyone yeah. about it. I think it's a Fair. good thing that they actually said that Santa Claus isn't real. Because oh. no no, him hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. I was because, playing like you you going in, okay? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going in. I'm going nuts. Um, it's a good thing because the kids are gonna hear anything and everything nowadays, and there's so many things True. out there that they'll hear that could be bad. It could be worse than just saying that Santa isn't real. But like it's like the Easter Bunny isn't real. Oh my God, the Easter Bunny's not real. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks for ruining that. <laughs> thanks for ruining Easter. That was like no. the last thing I but believed. But aliens, in. ghosts, and the supernatural and extraterrestrial shit is real. They're real. Yeah. That's what we think yeah. are the cheat yeah. coders. Yeah. Everything else, for sure. Like totally. the end of the world, robots, all that's real except for Santa Claus. But no, it's funny. Real, but it is actually. But I real. think I think it, like this teaches the kids that people are gonna say things to them. They're gonna hear mm-hmm. things um, they take it how that they, want it. they may not necessarily agree with. And they have to make their own decision about these sorts mm-hmm. of things. That's why I think it's a good. That's true. Okay. Okay, yeah. like that It's like in Home Alone. You know when um, Kevin McAllister, and like he has his own perception of Santa Claus, and he's like, "Look, I know you're not the real Santa Claus, but I know you work for him." I want to lead this to the conversation of when was the last, um, when was the time that you found out Santa wasn't real? 
Oh, um, I remember seeing a present under the tree and thinking, geez, that writing awfully looks similar to my dad's handwriting. Oh, <laughs> okay, work. that's you smart, that's clever. Work. Yeah. That's clever. <laughs> and then it started unraveling from there. I don't, I don't know if I ever believed in Santa Claus. Okay, okay, cool. Because I was like... <laughs> so you grew up we, as an adult. You grew up like, hello, I'm Don Valix. I've been no, no, because now. they said <laughs> the, the stories I'm going to do Santa my taxes Claus, now. <laughs> the, the stories were that Santa Claus <laughs> came down the chimney, but we never had a chimney as okay. kids. And the, the, yeah, but the they could have twisted it and be like... Like triple locked. Oh, wow. I'm like, how the heck is this old guy supposed to get into the house? He's well, freaking magic. All of, <laughs> it's magic, man. You know the reindeers and stuff. You know, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. This yeah, game. Snaps, snaps to my parents because they went to the effort to like make reindeer like footprints oh, nice. and then like leave the milk and drink it and like oh. cookies and like yeah. I, I for a while I thought it was Santa Claus was like yeah. hella real. I remember um, the last time I wrote to Santa, I was um, 17. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't believe in Santa. <laughs> I didn't believe in Santa, but I believed in gifts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I pretended to believe in Santa so I could be, like, writing gifts. But the last four years between probably, like, 13 to 17, no success. I was like, all right, cool. They know that I don't believe in Santa. Exactly. <laughs> because your parents are like, he's 17. He's, yeah. He should get a job and get his own <laughs> <laughs> Get your own gift. my gift, we should be, like, a job application on um, Seek or something like that. Uh, mine's pretty similar to Raf's actually. I think I milked it for so long, and like I knew, and my parents knew that I knew, but we all kind of just kept going on with it until I'm, until I think about like fifteen or sixteen. They're like, "We know you know," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know." Can I have one more? And then it's like, "Yeah, that was it. Done. Just one more. <laughs> please, Santa. Please, <laughs> please, just turn up once more, Santa. I believe one more year, please." But um, speaking of gifts that you want to receive, well, not this one. A handgun for Christmas. Company oh, yeah, decides to buy firearms for every employee this holiday season. <laughs> USA Today reports a company that produces novelty glassware embedded with a bullet as if it had been shot has decided to give every employee a handgun as a Christmas so present. Actual, just an actual gun, like a straight actual up. gun. Giving employees their choice <laughs> of a revolver as oh a gift gosh. is part of an effort to promote personal safety and <laughs> team building. <laughs> the Why business not? has 16 full-time employees, including several veterans, but the business also has oh, employees that never fired a gun. So what's your thoughts on that? I think oh, well. what's wrong with like pepper spray for like personal safety? The damage should be permanent. You can't kill somebody with If you're a spray. permanent employee, you get permanent. Yeah. <laughs> you get permanent damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you look. You know what? Great. It sounds like a little family business, so I think they know what they're talking about, and they're. I think they're just instilling a bit of uh, family culture to the guys that don't shoot guns. It's like, hey, this this is what we do. We shoot guns. I know you haven't shot one before, but you know, welcome to the fam. It's only sixteen. It's not like it's not like a bank. You know, like Commonwealth Bank. Here you go. Yeah. Thousands of employees have some guns. Imagine if the banks did give time. guns to their employees, then oh, bank the robberies purge. would that's, be that's the eliminated. Two thousand twenty. I think, as someone who's not American, it's hard to understand mm. the culture, the gun culture in America. Yeah. Like they, they love guns. They, they. I love guns, but like I don't. I don't like they truly believe that having a gun is like self-defense. Mm. You know what that is? This goes back to the mind 
um, uh, fuck, that thing that we talk about, like mind manipulation, because because they've been like mind manipulation, and and like that's the normality of it. They've always had it. So yeah, like I don't know what's going on with America because good. they're shooting out, shooting down dreams as well as shooting down people. <laughs> so <laughs> now they, they're way, shooting down way. the fact that Santa's is not real and. Gun, gun, we're not going to go into gun control. We want to keep this light. To all the kids out there, <laughs> Santa Claus Has is not real. <laughs> but old people breaking into your house are real. So you should have a gun. So you should have a yeah. gun. I think they're just preparing. Gone full circle now, guys. It all connects. It all connects. Signs. Oh, man. Um, this leads me to a question. What is the weirdest gift that you ever received? Oh. Hmm. Oh. For Christmas. For Christmas, right? Because, like, I yeah. don't want to go too far. Okay, good. Let me think. <laughs> Get in the spirits of Christmas. Wow. I'm not sure. I'm never... Yeah. I think the weirdest gift that I've given it was, like, Chris Kringle. Like, um, not Chris Kringle, like, Bad Santa. And it was a book of um, animals having sex. So each page had a different animal doing doggy star. <laughs> and it was real pictures too. Did so you give this or someone it's gave educational. it to you? No, no, I, I gave it because I found it at um, a bookstore and I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like, there was a cow. <clears throat> there was a bird. Hey, Raph, wasn't yeah. there one the other day? We had a bad Santa um, thing. Um, it was one of your Christmas parties. So obviously um, in the inner circle, I forgot who. Um, and someone gave a box, massive box. And someone was so excited when they opened it. It was just a box of Migarang. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'd be so happy with that. I love Migrant. Yeah, Migrant. I like it shit. too, but I'd be annoyed. But like, you know, Chris Green. It would be funny if it were like some health freak that was getting the gift. I don't remember who got it. I remember Done. I got a brick. What? <laughs> I got, oh, I got a brick, one. but it was a shape as a bomb from GTA. Now so that's it was nice. kind of that was like a nice, that was like creative a gift, gift. But it was wrapped up. I thought it was a brick all this all this time. But it was a decorated brick. Because, like, we had a GTA phase, and, like, I think we had a phase where we were just blowing each other up with bombs. And then, like, yeah, you know, it was just a cute <laughs> yeah. gesture. And it looked like a li- literally like a brick of C4. We were like, holy shit, you put effort <laughs> oh into this. Yeah. Everyone else just went to the store, 10 bucks, here you go. This guy, like, didn't pay anything, but he got a brick from his garden and made it look into. <laughs> it's the thought that counts. It's the thought, Is it the thought the Christmas or, the, or the, the receipt? <laughs> or the money <laughs> you've paid <laughs> that, that counts or the toll <laughs> but um let's move on to the next one yeah speaking okay. of food as gifts ooh food we didn't even talk about food but now we will <laughs> so the next article reads sorry I'm just scrolling like a crazy guy a Scottish food. chips shop is offering customers an entire deep fried Christmas dinner BBC reports Dunkeld Fish Bar in Perthshire claims its turkey gaochongs, I don't even know how to say that, battered Brussels sprouts and carrots and parsnip fritters are already proven popular. They are served in a giant pig in a blanket, which is a battered foot-long sausage and a deep-fried mince pie on the side. Where's this? Scotland. Scotland. Fish bar owner Scott Davies said, People think they don't like Brussels sprouts, but they've always been overcooked. We do them from raw and their natural moisture content cooks them through. And they are absolutely amazing. So what's your thought on deep, thri- deep fry deep fry food? 
for Christmas. That sounds like hot attack, man. That sounds like hot attack central. It just sounds like a normal Filipino gathering. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I say. That's what we grew up on, man. Yeah. This 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 subject here. Yeah. This subject here is really close to my heart. I feel like lechon right now, or like some pata or some shit. Oh man, Oh my god, I'm so hungry. What better gift for your heart than clogging up its arteries? It's so good. But um, I just wanted to talk about this topic so I could talk about fried chicken for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> Jeez, I oh miss God. fried chicken. Oh, you miss it? What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean miss it? Well, Are you off it? Are you sober? No, well, up until about October, I've become vegan. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. RIP yeah. to your <laughs> taste buds. I respect that. Sorry I respect to hear that. you. But like the day before, I was at um, Brazilian barbecue and I ate. I went to town on all the meat that I could eat. And oh then the God. next day, cold turkey went vegan. That was pretty much your hen's night. Yeah. Pretty you pretty know what? I reckon that's even harder because that's like um, stopping smoking cold turkey. Like, yeah. I, you know, some people like I, I've never actually thought how... One transitions to being vegan I thought like one day They're just like Oh Disgusting And then they just stop But yeah, like You literally like meat If you went to a Brazilian And then suddenly yeah. you're like Nah fuck it I'm done I yeah. don't see that pos- That's not a possibility for me I can't do it Well <laughs> I honestly thought It wasn't a possibility for me And I didn't do it Because you know Animal rights or anything Like yes I care about the animals But that wasn't the You know the catalyst yeah. It was more like a health thing and mm. I didn't think and I could do better? it, but yeah, I do. And um, the reason why I did it was because I was constantly sick. I had an immune problem and mm. the doctor was kind of like, hey, this sounds kind of weird, but how about you just eliminate like animal products from your diet? And I went, all right, I'm going to Churrasco's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so for Christmas, are you going to have like a salad paksil? Or um, no lichon or nothing? Uh, you chose the wrong yeah. time to go vegan. It's going to make... This, like, yeah. it's like quitting smoking and then the next week you're gonna go Amsterdam you know Christmas is gonna be a struggle because we're having it at my cousin's place and but wait you know, can you have chocolate uh, they're doing a, a lichon so I'm like oh. do they know Jesus that you've Christ. turned vegan yes and she's like uh, can you just bring some veggies yeah. <laughs> bring some veggies because we don't know how to feed you no, I mean, well, wait, vegan any, is that animal like, products as well like eggs and yeah, dairy uh, I, yeah. so you can't eat chocolate Ooh, well, <laughs> uh, there's one thing that I will <laughs> not like, give up, okay. I'll make it and that is chocolate. So my Instagram says vegan-ish, and I think chocolate falls into the ish because I also haven't given up farmers and cheese because I like, oh, that's can't that's give that's that up. Still. <laughs> and also lechon. Just sprinkle a bit of that chocolate sauce in the lechon. But the chocolate, uh, I mean, I wasn't really big on chocolate anyway, but like Parmesan cheese, man, I can't give it up. Like I went to this vegan Italian restaurant and they gave me vegan Parmesan and I just was like, what is this? This is not. What if you saw a Parmesan cheese and then you ate it, did you realize there's like meat underneath it? Well, that's, that's not their fault. Like, that's not I don't think fault. it's like she's not like something. You're not going to explode if you. No. <laughs> yeah. But but is it that's one of those things someone. that if you eat meat, would it just go into like a withdrawal type of thing where you just go nuts it's like i'm gonna go to the, the brazilian place that i yeah. went to last time and i'm just gonna go nuts <laughs> well i, I don't True. know like i mean i've been Triggered. pretty good and funnily enough like you know i used to love burgers and steaks and fried oh chicken my God. obviously mm. but do you feel like you're gonna do this forever <laughs> this is a forever thing <clears throat> it might be oh my Ooh. god 
Yeah, might be. You have to tell us your progress next year, next Christmas. <laughs> next yeah, Christmas, we have like, a reunion. I want to find chicken. out. Yeah, get a report. <laughs> we'll find that out. Shit. She's flown to Scotland to eat the, the fried, the fried <laughs> yeah, Christmas yeah, that dinner. Place. What is the one thing that will break you, like to um, eat meat? Uh, one thing. What about if, fifty if, bucks? Like, fifty bucks. Twenty bucks. <laughs> money. This guy's always coming <laughs> to raise, money. You gotta raise the bar, <laughs> <laughs> gotta go a little higher than that. A little man. bit higher. Ten grand, bucks. ten grand, ten grand. <laughs> I don't have that. We'll we'll pay you later. Ten, ten grand. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. To be honest, like I th- I'm, I'm. Funnily enough, I feel better. I'm less bloated. I'm way healthier. Yeah. Like yeah. so, it's kind of that like that sounds yeah. so good. Life though. of a food. The trade-off yeah, does sound that, good because right now yeah, I am good. sick and I'm just trying to figure it out. Maybe you should go well. vegan. Thirty days. <laughs> that's going vegan. I don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's a possibility. To be honest, I don't. Think All it takes is KFC and then he's back uh, into the meatarian you know world. You know what I had for breakfast yesterday? KFC. I had okay. corned beef and Ooh. spam and Ooh. spam. <laughs> Usually just have one, but I had both. And he wrapped it up in cheese. In <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a stick. Deep fried that. It was Damn. so good. I felt like shit, but it was so good. You, you I balance it with the... exercise. I'm not like a sloth, but like, you know, my my diet's pretty not the best. I'd you say. should have added it so there'd be like a holy trinity of like fried food or like the that canned stuff. You'd have migarang, the spam and the corned beef. Yeah. Have you had uh, those migraine sandwiches? Yeah, I've oh. wanted to try what? it. So yeah, there's like, hey, you, you could have that. Right? Yeah. That's you can make it yourself sandwich. if you want. Oh, yeah, I guess I could. You can have that too. So have you given migraine out? Have, no, you have you given migraine up? No, no, no. That's oh, not sweet. meat, Raph. That's not meat. Yeah, it's fine. It's I don't, I don't know. She's, a, she's on a health like craze. Like <laughs> migraine. No, no, no. I'm assuming she wouldn't eat migraine. No, no. I love migraine. Migraine is like, yeah. Migraine is life. Migraine, yeah, 100%. Speaking of... Speaking of Migaran, it's music to my taste buds. So we're going to go into our intermission, which um, Don jo- Do- actually chose. So um, did you want to introduce this song? Yeah, yeah. So um, the artist that we're showcasing for today is a local uh, jazz musician. Mm. He plays jazz soul. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a pianist. He's a, a composer, a producer. Uh, he recently released uh, an EP um, called First Blush. And this is a track off his EP, which is um, Fusion Jazz. I chose this song because of the title. It's called, Do You Like That Shit? Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that Don likes that shit. <laughs> That's why he chose this song. And this is called, You Like That Shit by... Zorsi. 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 Ooh, I like this piano. The fried chicken of jazz. Dance to this is crazy. Look at that. I'm trying to bop my head. He's also got a band um, that what they do is they take video game music and they, they turn it into jazz versions of the 
I was gonna say it sounded kind of video gamey. Yeah. Or even like Austin awesome Power style. Not yeah, awesome power. You know I see what you mean. mean. Like a jazz Sonic. Yeah. yeah Sonic yeah. jazz. <laughs> I think that's a genre in itself. So that, that's Zorsi, aka Zorsi like Sun. I like that. You can check I him like out. That. His his EP has just been released a couple days ago. And also his like band, it. The Consoles, have just re- released another album. As oh, well. how fitting is that name, The Consoles? Yeah. So it is a video game inspired. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's amazing. I must have missed Sweet. that. Sorry. We'll put the details of his um, Spotify at the links below. Yep. So check him out. But enough about him. We have a special guest. Would you like to reintroduce yourself in case <laughs> people just tuned in and skipped the news to avoid our bullshit? So, <laughs> April Love, yeah. introduce yourself. I, uh, I'm one of those slashers. So, I'm like model slash presenter slash actor slash entrepreneur slash ex-lawyer slash co-founder. God damn. We've got a slasher right here. We've got, <laughs> we got musician slash biceps slash abs slash <laughs> triceps slash traps. Show me those. Go on. Show me those biceps, Don. Bring them over. Ooh. Oh, see? See, he flex. Uh, he knows. He knows. I can feel him from here. I can feel, yeah, you can feel the, the masculinity just coming <laughs> through the microphones. Oozing, oozing out of him. Jesus, no, man. Not through the microphone. It just travels across the world. I'm like, oh, oh. Shit, I feel Don right now. Is that, is that an earthquake or is that Don walking in the room? Shit. <laughs> anyway, more about April. <laughs> I don't have abs. I don't have abs. <laughs> so, let, so let's go through the... Um, what, was, what came first in terms of your slash or your multi-talented <laughs> facet? Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, modeling was kind of the first thing. I started when I was 14 years old uh, through like a Westfield slash Supre model search. Um, and then from there, a few other modeling gigs kind of popped up, and then from there, I transitioned into pageants mm. and then continued modeling for like a substantial number of years. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw that you, you teach modeling as well. Yeah, so that was actually the natural progression for me. So after I did modeling and acting and presenting, um, I still kind of wanted to stay within the industry, and so. Like kind of like how actors eventually transition to become directors and producers, I transitioned to start coaching um, models. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, um, and what made you want to branch out to other things? Were you just sick of being one thing, and you just wanted to get more creative and try something new, or was it more of a self-development thing? What was it? Yeah, it was a kind of a bit of both. It's also like in the industry, uh, I wanted to be the triple threat. So, <laughs> which is like <laughs> modeling, acting, <coughs> presenting, um, and Unstoppable. yeah, just self, yeah, self-development, like the more skills you acquire, I guess, you know, like you're able to be really flexible and adaptable to different things. So not just modeling, but you know, commercials. So you do acting and TV and then not just like acting, but then being able to host a show, which I've done. Um, yeah. All the really valuable skills. Mm. Mm, and so, well. Actually, Don and I used to host live live shows. Oh, there you go. <laughs> which show? Which show was that? So the one good. that you and Don did. Yeah, that's it. I remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like. You and Matt didn't like Don, and I didn't like Don. I didn't like him. I didn't like him. <laughs> and a long time ago. Yeah, it was such a long time. How long was? How long was that, mate? Probably two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. Time. Yeah, bro. Damn. Yeah. Sweet. Long ass time. Ago. 
Was that your first time hosting something? First time pre- presenting uh, something? Yeah, I think that was probably the first time hosting a live stuff. So I have you to thank for my transition into hosting. <laughs> oh, awesome. Cool. I feel good. I'm just watching this moment happen. <laughs> nice <laughs> moment. That's very nice. That's cool. We and used to do our little like, I'm Don Valix and I make love and you're like, at so good. Yeah, we had, whole, we, had whole, we had a whole jingle. We had say it again? But can you, can you, wait, 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 wait. Uh, I'll count uh, you guys in. Oh gosh. And then you just have to say the exact same thing that you said. I don't even there. remember. Was that what we did? Yeah, I think it was, it was like just like, like. All right, ready? <laughs> no, no preparation, just go in. Three. Bring it back. Bring two, your soul good powers One. In. Hey guys, I'm Don Valix. And I'm April Love. And you're listening to the Cheat Coders podcast. Oh, this guy. <laughs> stuck in 2018. What's going on? <laughs> We're taking it back. <laughs> but yeah, it was something like that. I, it was so long ago that I barely remember. Sorry, April, what did he say? He said, I make love? I make love. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, you mixed uh, your last name's love. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Hi, I'm Don. I make love. I make but you <laughs> said April love. Yeah. All right, cool. And I'm April love. Oh, okay, I, mean, okay. I mean, I do, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, two thousand five. All right, we're going that person. All right, well, back back to your presenting. So like, um, you went from presenting at Soul Good, and then yeah. you went to present in uh, because I did your show reel like about yeah. I don't know, ten <laughs> years ago, and I've noticed that you were doing a lot of television stuff. So yeah. did you want to talk about that? Yeah. So I transitioned from a live hosting uh, to TV, which I really enjoy. Um, live TV, not so much. I remember the first time I ever did like a live TV hosting gig. It was at the Arias and it was terrible. So bad. Uh, at the time, the Potbellies were, uh, I think, winning an award. And this is the first lesson I learned. Do your research. <laughs> I thought, yeah, you know, I can rock up. Uh, you know, my looks will get me through. Um, I interviewed the Potbellies, had no idea what they did, and they were wow. up for an aria, and they, it was so awkward. They were so pissed. Wow. <laughs> they were so angry. And That's this why was on live TV, so... Yeah. Live? Yeah, oh. bad. That's why on the cheat coders, I always get is guests that um, we know already, so we don't have to do that research. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've worked with you before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we do try to do some research. Yeah, <laughs> we a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, so that was really bad. So that was something I learned. And then, you know, obviously from there, I started, you know, like doing my research, taking things more seriously. Mm. Um, And you just learn. You learn and you grow. And eventually, um, when I got to hosting uh, the show that I was doing on Fox with my co-host, Trent Peppercorn, who I loved pieces, um, we were were killing it. Nice. That's so good. Nice. I was going to ask you if that you've ever had a moment like, um, what's his name? Steve Trevor? Trevor, the, the guy that uh, that um, looking at me like I know he was hosting <laughs> he was hosting Miss Universe. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. And then Steve, he read, Har- Steve, Harvey, Steve Harvey, whatever his name yeah. is, Steve yeah. Trevor. Steve Trevor. <laughs> Wait, I think that's a comic book character. Anyway, yeah, he had woman. He had um he said the wrong the wrong winner. That was like one of those moments where it's like you had one job to do. I know. At you know what? You know what? You know what I reckon though. Sometimes these mistakes like that brought the show so much more attention mm, right you know what i mean yeah i think like um mistakes make everything and i think like what what um inspires me a lot like how you've done all these things it it all adds up like nothing is ever a waste or nothing is yeah. ever a mistake like it, it implements to who you who what what makes you today type thing as corny as that sounds kind of thing no you know I, I, mean? I totally agree and it, like I mean, that's like, why we're like podcasters now you know like we've had <laughs> some <laughs> 
some slashes too. Like we've done, we, we've done things, eh, Raph? Yeah, we we've had our mistakes and ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we're learning so from funny. them. So as long as we learn from those mistakes, exactly. we should be all awesome. So um, yeah. I wanted to talk about that you are you are ex lawyer. And yeah. you did the whole the whole thing. Yeah. I know that going to uni for being a lawyer is yeah, like I don't know. Like that's a big thing. Years. Five Damn. to seven years. Yeah. So you went all the way there, and at the end, and did you get end up getting a lawyer job? Yeah, yeah, worked in as a lawyer for five years. And then out of nowhere, you decided to Maybe just be a PR. You moved to well, um, PR. Yeah, I did, but that's a funny story. So um, yeah, I did law school, did all that, uh, worked as a lawyer um, for five years or a bit more. Um, I probably like, blocked a lot of it out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so what happened was I start, started my startup, Sequatics, and the PR company that I work for now saw us at um, like a market stall or something, and they approached me and said, "Hey, we want to do PR for your for your startup." Um, and so I met with them. I was still working as a <clears throat> excuse me, still working as a lawyer. Um, and I was kind of like, hey, you know, in your proposal, you say that, you know, you want to do X, Y, and Z for me. I pretty much do this for myself. So I've got a counter offer for you. What about if you hire me to do PR? Nice. At the time, I thought I could do all of the stuff in that proposal. When I started the job, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, it three you months make it. in. That's it. It was, a, it was a steep learning curve. Having said that, you know, now I've taken to it. They just promoted me. Yay for me. Nice. Um, and I actually really like it. I really enjoy it. That's so like was there something that in you that wanted to do PR all this time or? No, I just wanted to get out of law. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I didn't I, spend that much time on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. just I, about. I, I want to ask you, I want to ask you about Sequatics yes. and, and, and PR. But the first, the first thing I want to try to get out of the way was... Did you ever get a chance to say, I object in, in court? No, never. <laughs> What's the other one they say? Have you ever said, I rest my case? Did they say that? That's more American. Like, you it's, watch too it's much suits, usually like, I know, I know it's obviously. It's like from Suits or something? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and was your ringtone Law and Order theme song? No. no. <laughs> but I, did love, I did love Suits. Suits is so fantastic, but it's so far from what Law is actually like. Yeah. Yeah. I think oh, uh, initially it was supposed to be a Wall Street show. Yeah. And then they, they changed it because it would be more interesting and have more conflict yeah, if it was Yeah, uh, like Suits is amazing. Like Harvey Specter, I would marry him in a heartbeat. Like he's just such a fantastic character. He's kind of sexy and he's arrogant and he's good yeah. at his job. It's just... Mm. Guys mm. want to be him. Yeah, we could do all you guys watch? Did you watch, guys <laughs> watch this show called... Um, do you guys watch a show called Better Call Saul? No, but no. isn't that a spin-off from um, Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad. Yeah. I just finished it yesterday, and it's it's just awesome. Like, I, I just Big felt like adding that because it's about ah, just okay. being a dodgy lawyer, and yeah. I love dodgy yeah. shit. Yeah, the, um, it's so the, dodge. I love the dodginess. It's so good. I think I feel like that's the epitome. If I ever got a law degree, that'd be me. <laughs> that would be you. <laughs> well, you did law, so that means you got all these legislations memorized in your head, right? Not, not anymore. But not anymore. Yeah, okay. That would <laughs> <Because, laughs> be one, real same. useful in terms of um, starting a business or yeah. Yeah. moving but into these things. Has that helped you in the yes, PR stuff? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like law, I'm never going to bag out my, like being a lawyer and, and having a law degree. I mean, it taught me so much, taught me so much discipline. It taught me how to research, um, you know, mm. how to be analytical, attention to detail, like 
and all of these skills are transferable and that's most likely why the current firm that I work at you know they hired me because you know having a law degree like that's it's a pretty solid effort you know a lot of people like the rate of people that drop out of law is so high um you know usually in their third year and and over a five-year degree you really like um earn some clout you know Mm. It's kind of like podcasting in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's like people don't make it till the 11th episode. And if we they keep going, 60. 60. they'll get their they'll get their reputation on yeah. there, you know, yeah. like the cheat coders, you know. So, so, yeah. So, right now you are, you're running this, this company called Sequotics yeah. as well as working at this PR firm. Yes, yes. What, what's Sequotics all about? So Sequotics is a waterproof uh, case for your phone and your valuables. So it's not like an actual phone case. It's more like a pouch. Um, And you can put your phone in there and still use your phone Mm. as usual. You can take it underwater, take photos and videos underwater. You can Instagram underwater. Uh, You know, I was on the back of a jet ski once and Facebook lived through Sequotics. Nice. Um, so it's basically allowing people to document experiences they wouldn't otherwise be able to experience. And yes, you can use a GoPro and things like that. But before the GoPro had um, like a viewer, you still had to take the SD card out and upload it somewhere. Yeah. So this kind of eliminates all of that. People use their phones for everything these days. So why not take it to... Yeah. Adapt to heights? the phone rather than anything else. Yeah. 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 So how did how did Sequotics start? Like the idea. I like hearing about the ideas yeah. starting. It's like oh, if you drop the phone in the toilet and be like, I wish I had a pouch <laughs> that actually saved my phone yeah, or yeah. something like that. So uh, Okay, so I was holidaying in the Philippines. We were in Boracay um, and we were staying at Station 1. So for those of you that know how it works, you know, it's Station 1, 2 and 3. And is there a Station 4? So. I've just never it, been there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and so Station 1 is kind of like where the higher-end resorts are. And mm. so there are people on the beach that are always trying to get you to do activities. And this one guy just kept hassling me, like, every single day, like, come on my boat, come on my boat, come on my boat. <laughs> um, and it was kind of creepy because it was just like, dude, like, relax. I don't, I don't want to come on your boat. And then I did. Um, oh, you went in his boat. <laughs> well, eventually, the guy was so damn persistent. Um, and so we went on this boat, and it was me and my partner at the time. And we were, um, he said, Oh, I'm going to take you to this really beautiful place to go snorkeling. Um, it was so far out from the mainland, super, super far. Yeah. Um, we weren't even on like a nice boat. It was like a wooden boat that could probably collapse <laughs> One at of any the time. Yeah. yeah, so bad. And so we were like freaking out because I am Filipino, but you know they weren't speaking Tagalog, so I didn't know what they had. Ooh. They were speaking a different dialect, and they took us out to this the middle of nowhere. It was beautiful. Yes, um, we had our phones, we had our hotel keys, a bit of cash, you know, valuables, um, but we couldn't enjoy it because. The guy was, he had like three, we were outnumbered. I think there was like three or five people. Like there was, and it was just us, but like his crew, there was five of them. Um, so we were kind of freaking out. He was like, you guys go in, go in, you know? And I was like, yeah, we probably go in. You leave us in the middle of nowhere and you take off with our stuff and we like end up dying. So yeah. So we, what we did was one would stay on the boat and while the other one went snorkeling and then we would swap. And mm. at that point, I realized there's got to be a better way. Like if worst case scenario happens, I've got my phone, 
I've got my hotel card, my cash, I've got, you know, credit cards, enough to survive. Mm. Um, and I had reception, so like, you know, I was Snapchatting and stuff from the boat. Um, our GoPro had died and I was like, well, I want to be able to take photos of like the, the sea and stuff that I'm seeing underneath here. Yeah. But I had nothing. That's yeah. how it came about. Nice. Wow. You know, you are such a creative that even when you were shit scared... <laughs> Still thinking. Ideas <laughs> <just> came about. <laughs> it's like, these people might run away with our phones. Why not turn it to a business? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where but, but that's where, that's where like, uh, entrepreneurism, like, you know, that, that stuff comes out. It comes from a, from a need of something, right? There's a problem, a problem and you're solving yeah. a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I was expecting very a very light story, but that really got, well, <laughs> got really. Well, the lawyer in me. Lawyers yeah. are like worst case scenarios, so maybe it probably would have been fine. But like the lawyer is just kind of like, look, worst case scenario, this guy leaves you. You need to have like a backup plan. You need to be able to get out of here. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So that's seven years of um, yeah. lawyer school <laughs> really worked out. Yeah, so yeah, that seems yeah. good. Yeah. So. So how's um like where can we find Sequatics? Yeah. So um. We have our website, which is www.seaquatics.com. Yeah, um, check it out. right now. Oh, you want it? Yeah. And I, I created yeah. that website, so like from scratch, so that was me. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's but we're dope. also stocked um, in General Pants and um, in the store by Fairfax, which is like Fairfax Media's curated store, um, as well as this other store called Hard to Find, uh, which uh, just bought out part of Red Balloon, which is the gifting section. So it's pretty, yeah, we're doing pretty well. Um, we were going to be stocked in Rebel, but I pulled the plug on that deal um, just because it wasn't a good experience. Mm. So they were, you know, without being like too negative, they were kind of being like corporate bullies and they knew that they were a big company. We were a startup. So they knew that they had all the power. And at the end of the day, I walked away from that deal. Yeah. Do you get a lot of that because of uh, being a startup? Is it is it more of a like a, a, a steep hill to climb than if you were to just go to an established company? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It can be. Um, but, you know, like General Pants is like such a huge company. And, you know, I basically reached out to their CEO, had no idea if he was going to be keen. And I just went straight to the CEO, sent him an email, didn't even know if he was going to read it. And within like a couple hours, he forwarded it to like their buying team and said, sort this out. Nice. Awesome. So you just got to persevere no yeah. matter what. Yeah. No matter how many times you just get door. knocked down. So totally. Did you want to tell any other stories in regards to what you struggled through or what um, obstacles you had to face, not only in your sea aquatics and, um, venture, but also in the modeling industry, entertainment industry? Yeah, well, definitely being um, Filipino or just as the modeling or acting world would categorize you as Asian, I think that's been real difficult. So... Um, trying to be an actor in the Australian industry has been so difficult um, you know the only roles for Asian actors at the time were like being a maid or being a ninja and so you were both <laughs> <laughs> or actually there's three or being like a cool girl okay there you so go so I've been two out of those three alright nice. sweet the trinity will I don't know I don't want to even continue that yeah. um, keep going <laughs> yeah yeah so like you know it, you know being on Home and Away back when I was doing extra work for them, it was an all white cast. I think it, only now, like they're starting to diversify. Mm. Um, and yeah, so just being an being an Asian actor in Australia has been proven pretty difficult. 
um, and you get typecast into certain mm. kind of roles. So I remember doing something um, for the ABC and Channel 7 where I got hired to be a high-class cool girl. And I'm like, really? That's the kind of Asian roles that are available? Mm. At the end, I took it because I was like, better me than some other Asian. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it is a doggy dog world out yeah. there. Um, yeah. But it's kind of frustrating. So like, um, I have a friend who um, is killing it in Hollywood right now, and he's in Crazy Rich Asians. Um, and yeah, he, he went through the same problem, and that's the reason why he moved to LA, because they're a bit more open to diversity. A Not a lot more, but a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, ever since that movie came out, that was the Black Panther of the Asians, Correct. pretty much. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> did you did, when you saw that movie? Did you just <laughs> did, when you saw that movie? Did you just want to get back to, into acting and uh, totally. well, see actually, what happens? Funny story. Um, the way that they were casting that was like through an open casting call, YouTube, I think, audition. And I was like, oh, like I want to oh. apply, want to cast, and then I like something that you know pe- women often do is like doubt themselves, right? And I was like, oh, you know, there's so many Asians in this world, I'm not gonna get chosen. And my friend Chris was like, if you had auditioned, cause he'd already got the role, he was like, I would have got you on. So nice. I was like, ah, oh, regret. <laughs> It's one of those things like, um, yeah. if you were really nice to me, I would have got you this gift. Let it relate. But um, in terms of being typecast as Asian, would you get offended or call out racism if they wanted you to play a different Asian? Like no. if they say, oh, we we got this comedic role, yeah. um, and you have to play this Chinese waiter in a Chinese restaurant. I don't think so. I can do Chinese pretty well, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like so, like I was just wondering if that was a thing. Like no, if you were I, Asian, you, you were, if hey, you would if, if you look the part, you look the part. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. I'm not, I'm not really discriminating against any other Asian race. Like if I get cast, actually, I got cast um, in something for like a Japanese telenovela once, and <laughs> yeah, like whatever, I'll be Japanese. Oh, yeah. sweet. Like, Hey, what do you think about, um, like, back in the day, historical days, when um, black people would be casted by white people? Yeah, no, that's that's terrible. (laughs) 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 Like, that's so bad. Like, that movie Aloha, that got so much slack because they cast, um, I forget who it was, but, like, they cast a white girl to play, like, an Asian role. Was that that Emma Stone? Yes, Emma Stone. Stone. How like yeah. well, well, she was an Asian, but it was an originally Asian role, right? Yeah, and it was just so stupid because it was like, like we're in a time now where there are well-known Asian actors. And they still do. And do why it. didn't they go for that? Instead, uh, they cast mm, Emma I have a bit of trivia. Do you know the movie Starship Troopers? Yeah, that's yes. based on a that the, the main character was supposed to be a Filipino. What? I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say like the metaphor was the aliens were the Asians. <laughs> no, no. But that was good too. No, no. The the, the main character, he's like I think it was from a book or something. The original yeah, character was was supposed to be no Filipino. Way. But can you imagine yeah, no, the lead as Filipinos? Like, okay, pare, then let's Pinoy go. <laughs> okay, pare, yeah. let's get the troopers out. <laughs> the troopers are super. Because I think, because yeah, I think it was supposed to be a parody of like how patriotic and loyal, oh. like the the Americans like are. And Filipinos oh, yeah. are also very yeah. patriotic. Yeah, that's true. Like, very, very similar to to Filipinos. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Is that from yeah, the book? Done. Like, if I read the book, there's gonna be like Filipino dude. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you said? That's cool. Yeah. His name is Swan. Swan. Oh, Swan. It's Swan. It's Swan. His name is Epren. It's one. I don't remember his name. I don't remember the guy's <laughs> name. But. Zach Apron. 
Zach Efron. But yeah, I think I think Hollywood now is. Mm. I guess you know you can see it from Crazy Rich. Would you say Crazy, Crazy Rich, Rich Asians, Asians was the turning point that's making it yes. more? Because there's TV shows, you know, I, um, Constance Wu. She's in um, what's that Fresh TV off the show? Boat. Fresh off the boat. I love yeah. that show. It's so I, I think, yeah. yeah, actors, um, more like ethnic actors, are trying to chip away at the, at this kind of problem. Mm-hmm. I know one of my favorite shows is Master of None by Aziz Ansari, mm-hmm. and he's oh. the main character. He's the love interest. Mm. He and all of That's his cool. cast is like really diverse, mm. yeah. you know. That's and cool. he tries to. Would you say with a new black? <laughs> yeah. Well, if Black Panther's still out there, <laughs> no, no, apparently no, no, there's going to be a Marvel movie that's going to be uh, Asian the new lead. Black. Yeah, I think actually that uh, one of the people from Crazy Rich Asians is in that Marvel movie. Which yeah. movie? I think it might. I, don't be know. I read it that they're going to in the works. Yeah. They're trying to make a Black Panther of um, Marvel, but yeah. Asian. So yeah. I forgot the Asian um, comic book character's Wait. name. Oh. You guys so. know Ronnie Ronnie Chang, yeah? Yeah. Like yeah, like he's from from Melbourne. He's from Melbourne originally, eh? Wait, do you mean Chris Pang? No, Ronnie, Ronnie Chang. Chang. No, no, he's oh. he's the dude. The, you the know, in Crazy Rich Asians, it's the it's the guy. Oh. He's really obnoxious, and his wife like ignores. Oh him yeah, 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 yeah. He's um. I watched him at a comedy show so long ago. Um, because yeah. my friend was a big fan, but he was just doing the Melbourne shows, I think. But I don't know if he's from Melbourne or Sydney. Uh. But like, my, yeah, my and then I'm so surprised watching Melbourne. the movie, and I was like, right. "What the hell? They like really <laughs> cast a lot of Asians, like really yeah. known ones, and even yeah. non-known ones." Because I wouldn't say he's on the same level as um, what's his name, the Hangover guy from yeah, the Asian yeah. Hangover guy. But like, I was like, I was just so surprised to see him. I was like, "Man, this guy's from Melbourne. He's making it." So I, I don't doubt you when you're saying like, if your mate could have got you on the show as well, that like, yeah, yeah, they really, he- they really opened the gates. Yeah, that movie, honestly, I really think that while there was a, there's a lot of like Asian, you know, shows and films, it really, really, really put that issue on the Mm. map. Like that there was an all Asian cast that didn't, um, that wasn't a stereotype, you know, Mm. like it was just a normal story that any nationality could play. You know, it was a celebration of culture rather than turning it into a whole parody yeah no it was great I'm yeah. gonna be honest and everyone's gonna hate me but I haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians I've seen it too oh, okay. <laughs> bro you, were you haven't seen it of course Don, the Filipinos haven't seen it oh okay I've seen it I mean I Chris it Aquino's in it is he? yeah she's in it like you know Chris Aquino like, oh okay. from yeah. wait which yeah. one which yeah. one was she? was she the super rich girl? Yeah. <laughs> aren't they all? no 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 no. I mean like the one from the family the one that the sister no, Is so Chris Aquino played uh, like a cameo role when um, my mate was getting married. Um, mm. She played like Princess Intern, which you guys wouldn't know because you haven't watched it. But <laughs> it's because Manny Pacquiao wasn't in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> if he was, we'll be at Rudy Hill RSL watching yeah. the movie. Yeah. I just, I just haven't had a chance to watch it. Hey, Don, you were there. You, like, were you were probably Singapore. there when they were filming. Singapore and I hadn't watched it. That's why I was like, what the hell? Anyway, yeah, no, sorry. Meh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, hey, this I, is your homework, Don. You, 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 after this, you put it on right now. You watch it. <laughs> it's funny how they're just picking on you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen it at all. No, but <laughs> I, I he was there. He thing. was there. Yeah, I was right there. I was. I was I at know, Marina Bay Sands. Like pretty much. He's there. probably in the movie somewhere, walking around in Singapore. Like you're right. In the background. You're, you're right. Probably in the background. You're in the movie. You're He's the probably in the movie. Though. I was there the eating chicken rice at some hawker center, and they were like, you know. They Back to, to your um, on the show. your modeling. Yes. I wanted to know, like, 
You, did you do all the catwalks and stuff and beauty pageants and everything? Funnily enough, yes. Um, the first ever runway that I did was for like a David Jones fashion show. Oh, yeah. Which is so weird because I honestly, like it really bedazzles me why they chose me. I'm five foot one and the standard height, you know, is five seven. Um, but what they did do is they put my hair in like this massive cone, which was probably like you know four or five inches anyway so yeah i think that's kind of how they moved around (laughs) it um but yeah you were five foot two (laughs) well no i think i was like five foot seven by the time they were done with my hair um yeah so i did that and then i moved from that to like pageants and i've funnily enough done quite a few runway shows uh one of the designers that i um work closely with is leonardo salinas he's filipino he like showcased at New York Fashion Week, Australian Fashion Week. Um, yeah, and so like he, I actually have a lot to thank, be thankful for for him because he put me in his shows and he didn't care. He didn't mm. care about the height. That's cool. Yeah. That's really it was dope. Like in terms of the pageants, is it cutthroat? Totally. Like does everyone hate each other? If they don't talk to each other, there's oh. no sisterhood or anything. Is that, Look, is that mean girl style? Like, how yeah, close to Miss Congeniality is It's it? like passive aggressive, you know? Yeah, like, I don't know, because I'm really competitive, so I kind of really kept to myself. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of it that people are like, oh, you know, I've made a friend for life, sisters of the sash for life. But I'm like, really? Like, you are you really going to talk to these people, like, ever again? Um, I know I I know I personally really haven't. I mean, I've just continued to do me. You know, I've always yeah. been pretty driven, so I've just been focusing on me. I've never I haven't really spoken to anyone I've done pageants with. So the pageants not the way to network. <laughs> so everyone's just on yeah, your ass. I think that it's pretty political. I think it's pretty um I think you can make some friends out of it. Mm. But like my experience is it's pretty catty as well. And I've coached, um, you know, when I did life coaching, um, you know, I was a bit entrepreneurial. So, like, I had a fashion label and that failed. And then I did, um, like, a media thing and that failed, had a media company. And then I did life coaching and that took off. Um, I coached a few girls in pageants and their experience was kind of similar. So, you know, she one of the girls that I coached went on to do Miss Universe Australia and she said it was pretty catty. Yeah. Um, wow. People pretend to want to be your friends, but yeah, yeah. it's like keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Yeah. Wow. It's like narcos, but in a <laughs> beauty pageant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Narcos, beauty pageant. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not to say that you can't make, you know, lifelong friends. Um, it's just in my experience, I didn't really. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. That's fair. Um, mm. You were talking about being entrepreneurial and um, like solving problems and stuff. Um, mm. How does it come about? Uh, and then I guess the question I'm trying to ask is: Are you constantly trying to think yeah. of problems to solve, or like are you trying to think of solutions for for problems, or is it just like you know whenever you're on, you're on holiday, I'm like oh I could maybe make this, or what's mm. the process of an entrepreneur? Me for you? personally, um, I just have always been entrepreneurial um you know i think i was oh maybe 20 something when i started a fashion label and the reason why i started it was because um at the time i was acting heavily i was modeling heavily i was presenting i was constantly going to events and i constantly needed to have designers dress me 
and it got to a point where I was like and the designers were dressing you for free for exposure got to a point where I was like man I'm running out of designers to like ask for favors from um <coughs> and so I was like you know what I'm I'll solve this problem myself I'll just create my own fashion label and I'll promote my own label um it failed terribly it was fine like it, we broke even and that was it um I learned very quickly that you know being a fashion designer or having a fashion label is something that you need to be wholly invested in um, you need to come up with like new designs you need to like go with like seasons be seasons ahead and that really wasn't me I was just trying to f- solve like a problem that I had hmm. um, and so I, we, we broke even and sold a few dresses and it was good we like even showcased at the IMAX um, but then I was like on to the next one so um, thank you next yes that's, cool. <laughs> that's, that, that's the song that I you know I'm vibing with at the moment um, and then from there, um, I met some people um, at like a networking event, and then I started uh, like a media company. It was called Unbox Creative. And when did you um, start that? Oh, uh, in my twenties as well, sometime. Mm. And you know, we did pretty well. But the guy that I did it with, he was a gun, and he was like a UX UI designer, a coder. Like he was really great at what he did. Mm. And it was another valuable lesson that I learned because when that business dissolved I learned that he had all the skills to create that business again mm. um, on his own but I didn't so I was like well you, you know you need to upskill yeah you need to upskill yeah. like all I brought to that business was and like BD BD is an important part of scaling but when that business is business, so development. business development mm. um, so like meeting clients and getting new business and like getting the brand out there um, and so when that dissolved I was kind of like well I don't, I can't take that business with me anywhere because I don't know how to code. And while I could hire someone, mm. like it's it's not feasible when you're starting out. Yeah. Um. So then I did life coaching, and that was all on me. So like, um, based on your experience, yeah, and based your skill. on my experience, my skill. Yeah. Um. I had a few life coaches myself. Um. And that that did really well for a long time. That's awesome. Like I like that. I just noticed. Well, from the start of the episode, I just noticed you have this certain mind to just have things done and build things. Like you're 14, you started modeling when you were 14, you started a business when you were 20. And then when you were saying that, I was thinking, what was I doing when I was 14? <laughs> and what was I doing when I was 20? Your problems Training when you were 20. <laughs> yeah. When your problems when you were 20 are completely different to my problems when I was 20. It's like, it, it comes to a different perspective of the type of brain that you have and like other people that you notice start young have yeah. but um you know it, it's 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 amazing to see how you've came from here from starting modeling at 14 starting a business at 20 and then continuing on to make other ventures so throughout that process how do you reckon that you've matured because i reckon your maturation will be completely different to mine <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm starting to mature now. <laughs> yeah, and it took look. thirty years, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like early um twenties right now. <laughs> um, yeah, like I think the natural process for me. So like back then, I was like modeling, and then I went from that to um coaching modeling. So I think you know it was just it's always evolving. So I think I was just always evolving. Um. I think from a modeling perspective, um, 
as I've matured, I've just stopped really caring about what other people think yeah, about me. Um, and that's a really important lesson to learn. Mm. Uh, especially when you're in showbiz, you care so much about oh, yeah. what people think about you. Because the end product is you. You are the product. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. And so that's a lesson imagine. that I've really learned. Um, and it's hard um, to, to kind of come to terms with, you know, just loving yourself for who you are and, and what you, you know, what you're about. Um, I know that obviously when you're in showbiz, you, there's so much pressure to look a certain way, to be a certain way or, you know, whatever. You've always got to be like presentable. Like my mom was kind of like a showbiz mom. So I could never leave the house when I was in my prime time without full face of makeup, wow. hair looking good, like... You have a run you know, sheet of your day? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was pretty much. It was, it was crazy. like that. And I love my mom, and she's been so supportive of absolutely everything that I do. But, yeah, you feel the pressure. Hmm. Um, wow. And then I got to, uh, like, my mid-20s. I was doing this show with my co-host, Trent. Um, I, all the girls, all the friends that I had, with, they were all models. Um, and then when I didn't sign on for a second season of the show, um, my friends, funnily enough, also disappeared with that second season that I didn't sign on to. Wow. And that was an important lesson for me because then yeah. I was like, you know what, all this time I thought, you know, these guys are my friends, but really they kind of weren't. Mm. And it was kind of like a showbiz friend. So, like, they would come to me, come with me to, like, you know, private parties with Steve Aoki. They would come to me with private parties with Jamie Foxx and Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. They would come to me with private dinners with, you know, Avicii and Calvin Harris. Sorry, I just need to pick up something. All these names that you dropped. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what good is meeting these people, right, if you don't get to drop them? Keep going, um, keep going. But yeah, they, they, they were showbiz yeah, friends. They, they, were they showbiz weren't friends. really your friends. And then it, that was a really difficult lesson I had to learn because... Mm. I'm so trusting of people yeah. and I didn't know that there was a difference between real friends and showbiz friends. I just thought they were my friends, right? Um, yeah, and like that wow. was such a hard time and that was also a really important time for me because that's where I grew so much as a person. I started realizing, you know what, I got to take care of me. Um, I got to stop caring about what other people think. Uh, I got to just be happy with who I am as a person and I just I really grew and I realized, you know, you got to find some solid people and it's not about quantity it's about quality because at the time i think there was like maybe eight of us mm. all models all really good looking girls when we walk into a club we know it like you know. these people um hey <laughs> <laughs> don you got a girlfriend and, and funnily enough like joking, none of those girls joke. are still friends with each other mm. so you know wow. um and that was a really important lesson and i really matured during that time like after that show um, yeah, just kind of started working on me and I started hustling and surrounded myself with people that were way, way more, doing way more with me in the, in the business realm, you know. Um, cool. There are people, there were entrepreneurs, they were really successful and they say, it's really cliched, but you are the sum average of the five people you surround yourself with. So yep. if you're surrounded by like five really you know, gun-ho entrepreneurs, like, or millionaires mm. or whatever, more than likely, you're going to lift your game. Yeah. And it, it goes the other way. If you surround yourself with people that aren't really doing anything and they just want to party and, like, you know, get drunk or whatever every weekend, more than likely, that's what you're going to be doing as well. Yeah. Mm. 
So you learn all these lessons when you're 14? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that the your your progression like you as you said you were evolving I like that you've learned something from each of your yeah. ventures and each each of your experiences um, to get to you to this particular point in your life. Yeah. Um, I guess after all of these ventures, I mean, what what do you see April Love tackling in the next installment? As um as the interviewer in job interviews like to say, where do you see yourself <laughs> in five years? Without. Without giving, without giving too much away about your, yeah. you know, if you have any secret ventures. There. Yeah, no. Um, so I'm constantly thinking about ideas and what's the next idea. And I love that I work for a PR firm for tech startups because I'm surrounded by people, amazing entrepreneurs that are doing amazing things all mm. the time. And I just love that. I love that, you know, there's one guy over here like fixing, you know, um, like safety in the workplace and you think well that's kind of boring but this guy's like you know killing it he's like a startup unicorn um and then you know there's other people that are like coming up with problem uh, solving problems in like the education space so for me the next five years um i really want to scale sequotics like i want to maybe um take the business into like resorts or cruise ships or you know yeah, like Great, yeah. yeah, like tour, tourism, really heavy water activity, sport tourism places. Mm. Like bring Cairns it back full or, circle to Boracay. Yeah, bring, uh, bring it to, uh, I don't think. And then you're cruising on the ship and you see the boat that <laughs> yeah. you were on. Like, I remember me. Yeah. Thank you, exactly. next. Exactly, yes, yes. I should give that guy, like I should give him one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I think in the next five years, it's all about growing as a person. Mm. Um, I'm really big on listening to podcasts and we are entrepreneurs ourselves <laughs> and we have a podcast so, uh, and you're a PR so. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll PR you guys yeah. but yeah definitely like um, I'm really big on self-development mm. I think like this year and in the following years for me is all about focusing on um, you know growing myself growing awesome. my mindset yeah. um, growing my business um, you know, doing really well at the job that I'm doing, like I really enjoy it. Um, and it's funny because, you know, when I was life coaching, there's this thing called the law of least effort and things, and that is that things fall in place with the least effort when they're just meant to be. And, you know, like this job, it just happened. Like I didn't think I was going to, you know, get out of a career in law and all of a sudden do PR. I don't have a comms degree. I don't have a PR degree. I don't have an advertising degree yet. It just fell into my lap and, you know so far i happen to be really good at it and i really enjoy it nice so it's just it's about growth growth yeah. is the big buzzword for me for the next five years no nice. so that was that was a lot to take in <laughs> <laughs> and um thank you for your wise words because your story has been really inspirational in terms of you having that type of mindset where you're just on since you were 14 and you just kept growing <laughs> like like she's been on you know i've only been starting to be on when last year so yeah. it's it's crazy to see we someone start somewhere yeah we all got to start somewhere mm. so it's never too mm. late um but thank you again for your words and your experiences and, yeah, and thanks for sharing um can you just um tell us where they could find sequotics yes one more time um so you can go to www.seaquatix.com that's our website um and you can also go to general pants or the store by fairfax or hard to find but 
come to the website. <laughs> website. <laughs> All right, check it out. Also, where can they find you, most importantly? Uh, on Instagram mainly. So that's at April Love, A-P-R-I-L-L-E-L-O-V-E. Nats is adding you as we speak. <laughs> Thanks, Nats. I appreciate it. I'll follow you back. I think we lost him. Oh, there he is. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. Okay, so um, this is a part of the show where we like to share some music. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll start off with Don. Did you have a song prepared? I did. Okay, we'll start off with Nats. <laughs> Ah, yes, yes, yes. Grande, thank you. Next, thank if you, you don't I know, love your, I love the radio. Know. Voice. Sorry, I, I just love it. Uh, I, I feel like I'm missing the radio. <laughs> Are you talking? You talking to me? Yeah, bro. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> and that and that was Ariana Grande. Thank you, next. You've been listening. <laughs> RAF one hundred four point five. Your radio host, bro. You know what I'm you. I'm oh, being entrepreneur dream, for you, man. That's the next. That's the next level there. Yeah. That's next. That's, yeah, that's thank you, you in next. five years. Me in five years. Thank you, uh-huh. next. Alright, so Don, what was your contribution to the Cheat Coders stash? Um, so, I don't usually post up, I don't usually <sighs> talk about this stuff that I listen to when I'm uh, working out, but I have this song called High on Life by Martin Garrix featuring Bon. I guess you'll play it in our comments. Oh shit, are we gonna get pumped in the morning? Oh, listen shit. to it, bro, listen to it. This is High on Life by Martin Garrix featuring Bon. And I love that it starts out like this, like ballad. Nice. Running track. Kill the demons of my mind. Ever since you came around. You gotta wait for the, the drop as well. <laughs> I 
Do you run to this? I, I work out through this one. Oh, okay. You run through the trees? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like one of those tracks. I'm gonna running. add it to my gym. I don't like running, but yes, I train. <laughs> <laughs> This when you're on the hill. Yeah, this part. Yeah. Epic. You can get like psychotic sound, you know, stuff. Yeah. Put this on the ad. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsor. High on life till the day we die. No. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> Santa Claus is real, guys. <laughs> Keep the dream alive, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, it's so epic. It just goes from this ballad yeah. to this, like, now it's... Yeah, that's pretty right, let's, let's wait for the drop. There's a drop happening here. Yeah. Where's the drop? You gotta wait All for right, it, right. mate. Oh, oh shit. Alright, ready? Stereo Sonic. Ready, ready, ready? Yeah. I feel like I'm in one of those festivals yeah. I'll never go to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that was that was High on Life by Martin Garrix featuring Bond. Oh man! Yo, I just noticed something. Like in festivals, if you go to the EDM festivals, they're fist pumping. Yeah. 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 If you go to an R and B hip hop festival, they're pushing down. Like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, They're doing the money dance. So it's going down while EDM's going up. Alright, cool. That was just a quick observation <laughs> that I just wanted to share. That's the difference, that's the difference between, uh, you know, uppers and downers, guys. Like the, the, <laughs> but don't do drugs. Well, the, ty- the types of... The, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's... Okay. Nats blazing. What's wow. your pick for the cheat coders stash? I, I just want to say thanks, Don. Like, I was going to go to bed after this. I feel like going for a run. <laughs> Shit. My, my day's about to start. Let's do it. Anyway, um, I've got a song... What, what's my song, Rav? I sent it to you. Oh, um, swim good. Yes, swim good by Frank Ocean. <laughs> well, the reason, reason. Um, I know one it's one of oldie. the best songs ever. Goody oldie, but like reason I picked it and why it's just come out of the surface, out of the blue. I'm actually going to a orchestral rendition of Channel Orange this week. Wow, um, oh, wow, it's pretty dope. Yeah. And like I've been on that oh, Frank Ocean vibe. Obviously, this isn't from Channel Orange. But it'll be a channel orange. I, I hope they do the whole album. But it sort of brought me back, like when we first got introduced to Frank Ocean. Will Frank Ocean be there, or is it just gonna be? No, 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 no. It's, it's gonna be there, but then he's gonna cancel just before the <laughs> show, <laughs> like he did in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Most probably, which is quite upsetting. But yeah, no, like this was my favorite song, and I, I really like um, Nostalgia Ultra. Do you I actually like it more? Song? Um, I, I I have swam well, to it. I'll probably I'll probably need one of those uh, sequotics um <laughs> cases. So I will I will I will do that when I um get that phone cover and swim yeah. good. And swim Play good, the song, man. Rav. Or swim bad, <laughs> <Yeah>. whichever. <laughs> All right. So this is swim good by Frank Ocean. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine myself swimming already. I just feel it. And the video clip for this is pretty cool as well. Yeah, it's like samurai. Yeah. Just chopping, yeah. and then they put like waves in, um, like uh, transparent, so it's like fighting the waves. Yeah. What does what is this song about? Do you think it's about suicide? Mm. The one, it could be suicide. It could be or like running, running from away, what you're scared of problems, and facing scared it head on. Or it could just be a song about life, 
Yeah. Or it could be so much swimming. New life. Yeah. New life. Yeah. This is probably one of my favorite songs. Probably my favorite song. This is Forrest Gump. It's the, it's the, uh, what you call it, the boy band pull down. <laughs> I just want to drive off a cliff <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> That's what happened in a good cliff. Because you want to drive off a cliff in a good way. And that was Swim Good by Frankie Ocean. Oh, Frankie. I love it. Man. So good. Nice. So good. Now, we won't hear any music from him in another four years, so. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it while we can, eh? Enjoy it while we can. Yeah. All right. What have you got for us, Raf? All right. Yeah, Raf. So let me with just... Cur- Raf with the curveballs. Raf always has the curveball tracks. Like, <laughs> whoa, didn't expect that. But I'm going to play one of the songs that I've been playing all year. It's probably one of my top songs. It came out last year, mm. but I just wanted to show the world what I've been listening to all year. I know Nats has been listening to this song in particular. Mm, okay. And this is um, Snow Allegra, Full For uh, You. Yeah, I love this song. She's so hot. She's hot. Yeah, she is. Oh. Anyway, is she? Yeah, yeah. this is like a singing. Um, but her name is Ava Snow. Mendes. Snow. Right. It's a good. Good name too. And I just want to end the year on a very because this is the last episode yeah. of the year. Let's oh, chill out. Good. It's Christmas. Sit by the fire. Hey, hey snow, snow, Christmas. Hey, connect. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> All about <laughs> the connections. <laughs> Like it's one of those deceiving voices. Like you listen to it and you think like Adele and like Jasmine Sullivan, but then you look at her and you look at her like (laughs) Ava. And she looks like Ava. Even even live, man, she sounds exactly on track. So if you don't want to. Drive off a cliff. <laughs> just listen to this song and turn around. Go back home. Enjoy your Christmas dinner, whether it be full of meat or just vegan. And purchase yourself a Sequatics product at www.sequatics.com. By the way, we get royalties for this advertisement by Snow Allegra. I don't know. Let's ask this guest. Do we get royalties? <laughs> If there's any conversion, I can. Yeah, yeah. You know what I can do for you guys? I'll set up a uh, discount code, cheat code. Hey, hey oh. you're gonna be our first sponsor. <laughs> can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? Because nice. I'll buy one for all sure. Right, all right, sweet, sweet, sweet. No worries. So, is there any final words that you want to say to the cheat coders fandom, which is about <laughs> ten people, yeah. including me, Don and Nats? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just want to wish everybody a really awesome Christmas and take the time out to really reconnect with yourself. Um, maybe nice. read a book, do something you haven't done before, get out Dope. of your comfort zone and just really grow your mindset. Yeah. Sweet, beautiful words nice. from a beautiful woman named April Love. Give her a round Ooh. of applause. And in other news, the Cheat Coders, this is the last episode for this year. We'll be coming back on Tuesday, January 8th. 
so we're gonna have a three-week break and we're gonna have a good time so merry christmas and a happy new year merry and christmas enjoy and your food yeah, filthy ho, ho, animals. Ho. <laughs> On that note, this has been another episode of The Cheat Coders. Thank you for listening. Follow the podcast at The Cheat Coders on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, and all podcast platforms. <laughs>